Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. We're your host, Ben. I'm Charles. And Mike Fowl's not here today. He's handling life. But we got Jeremy on the boards today, helping out with audio. Um, All right, cool. As always, we got really cool people in the house. So today, 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 we have... Award-winning innovation expert. What? Marketer. What? Recovering stand-up comedian. I have so many questions about that. Whoa. Um, worked with tons of major companies, Google, Omnicom Media Group, and the White House. What? Um, his works have been featured in Adweek, Forbes, and New York Times. Author of the number one best-selling book titled Crushing the Box. It's on wow. Amazon, folks. Uh, host of the Innovation Crush podcast series. He is an outside-the-box thinker, creator. Guys, we have Chris Denson in the house. Da, 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 da. You are unlocked, Yay. and now you can speak. <laughs> Yay, me. Welcome, Yay. Chris. Welcome, welcome. so well-read. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, what, is, <laughs> uh, what is a recovering thanks, comedian? Mom. What is a recovering comedian? That was like the most interesting thing to me uh, out of that whole thing. Yeah, uh, I started my life journey as, a, as an adult. When I was 17, I started doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. Did it for about seven or eight years, turned stand-up into writing, turned writing into production, and then turned it all into innovation, like trying to figure out how to market things and trying to figure out how to tell stories and you know get people engaged with them, um, both from the beginning, uh, from the first time they encountered that story, yeah. um, to, and that could be for a brand, that could be literally in, in an entertainment environment, mm. but... Um, but comedy was one of those weird things where, like, I didn't want to be the starving road comic, right? Sure. So, and then I also just really loved the writing process. And I think through everything I've done, I've just always been a silly guy. So, you know, I talk about, uh, uh, just part of my innovation theory yeah. is I approach everything through a comedic lens, right? It's either a pun based or a rhyme or something that kind of sparks an idea, like yeah. a real idea. So, you know, just... Um, Kind of like comparing those two worlds, like comedy plus like business innovation. I guess yeah. I love that. Yeah, so, what fun. what is what is innovation like? So, as an innovation expert, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It changes on the daily, Ben. <laughs> um, no, like I guess I'm in the business of reimagining, right? Like, okay. what are the tools and processes, analog technology, et cetera, et cetera, that we can do things differently. So if you're a furniture store, let's figure out, you know, how do we make Casper, right? Yeah. Like Casper mm. innovated in the, you know, in the bed space, um, as I've done at home several times. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, or, you know, I've worked with clients like Warner Brothers and like, you know, through, with their portfolio of films, it's like, how do we get people engaged in really smart ways? Okay. For Whoa. instance, for um, Suicide Squad at South by Southwest a couple of years ago, we did a tattoo parlor. And we did an augmented tattoo parlor. So, you know, when you walked in, it actually looked like the Bell Rev you know mental facility Whoa, we partnered with the number one tattoo parlor in uh, austin and you know all the artwork on the wall was replaced with artwork from the film Whoa. and you had a, a suite of images you could choose from to do real or temporary tattoos we had a line around the block every day 
Um, we had other people's brand ambassadors coming to get our temporary <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> you know, a good percentage of the people it was their, like this was their first tattoo, right? So it's not. Did anybody get a real tattoo? No, a lot. Yeah, we. Oh, really? I think we wow. did. Uh, I think we were budgeted for like a hundred a day. Okay. Um, or somewhere around that. I forget what the what the actual number was, but we definitely filled out the number. Matter of fact, the first guy that got in line had driven from San Antonio to Austin. Um, and was there at 7.30 in the morning. I think we opened at 12. Wow. Um, just a diehard fan, and uh, that was his first tattoo. He got a, he he got a Suicide he got Squad tattoo? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so and we had all the actors like tweet out their images and uh-huh. share them on Instagram like a day before we opened. So it was just a really cool like ecosystem around that. So, you know, and then innovation is also just the process by which you get there, right? Like, yeah. That was one of... I don't know, 20 ideas we put in front of Warner Brothers for that particular film. Yeah. Um, and, you know, through massaging and working and navigating and yeah. overcoming rebuttals and yeah. legal issues and all this stuff, you know, a lot of times we look at innovation as sort of the result. Oh, yeah. look, a robot, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but there's a long road to get there. And that sure. innovation is, uh, the process is just as important as the, the product. So I would imagine there's uh, experiences, uh, company culture to products, like everything in, in between. Innovation kind of involves all that. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 funny because you know my my entry point, I guess, with innovation was really through marketing. Right, I was trying to figure out like really what some clever ways we can do this. At, um, at one point, I was the first marketing director for the New York Film Academy. Okay. And so we had campuses all over the world, a lot of partnerships. And it was just a blank canvas for me because I, I didn't inherit any processes or collateral or anything. It was just like, let's invent. So yeah. um, I forgot your question. Uh, so, so, yeah, from like <laughs> just listening experiences, to products, oh, yeah, yeah. So company culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all those things, you know, I, I wrote a book that came out in March. And I talk, uh, it's about, you know, look at it like 50% of it is business tactics. The rest of it is emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. It's how you interact with people, mm-hmm. how do you keep teams motivated. If you're really doing innovation, like your wins are going to be few and far between. Like, yeah. You know, if you're doing accounting, like, all right, you get, the math is right sure. every day. <laughs> right? yeah. um, but if you, you know, for when I go and give talks, it's like, I'll say for, I can show you a case study. But for that case study, I can tell you 25 ideas that died for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. The client didn't get it. That person didn't like that person. This startup, fumb- you know, fumbled at the at the last minute. Yeah. Um, and so when you think about product, I'll, to your point, like product, um, people, culture, mm-hmm. you know, even on my show, I've talked to people and they're like, it, one person in particular said, any problem in any company is a people problem. Right. Right. And it's so true. You know, if you can't get on the same page and vibe well in a room, I mean, you guys know just from being literally on a dance floor and being in sync, I think you need that same thing in business. You know, um, you can have a couple of outliers here and there, but, you know, at the end of the day, you need that consensus and that same energy of moving toward a a similar goal. Yeah. And it's the process, not necessarily like whatever the end result is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Innovation, like studying, you you can't really get that in school. I mean, did you study something like that in school at all? No, I, I studied uh, engineering. Okay, oh. and uh, <laughs> I worked at Chrysler for a couple of years yeah. out of school. Yeah, but you know, I think it's it, I think the same rules apply, right? It's like at the end of the day, it's all creative problem solving. Right. So. If whether it's a life thing, you're like I need. We were talking about maps the yeah. other day. Like, how did I get here? Yeah. Right? It's, right. It's like your route might have been different than my route, and right. then maybe Eric's route was also different. And you know, one of us probably found the best one. Yeah. So um, you know, there's a, a 
it, I think you're all we're always in the habit of doing that, and that's what I talk about. Also, I'm like, if you're the CEO of GE or you're a single parent and trying to figure out a better way to communicate your kid to your kids, mm-hmm. there's always a new plateau to reach, and right. so you can't get there. One of my favorite quotes is, "What got you here won't get you there." Mm. Right. So mm. whatever you've done at this point is like, yeah, we've reached this base level of success. But and you reach, you reach that base level doing the things you know how to do or the things you learned how to do along the way. And now you need new, you know, uh, inspiration, tools, sure. people to to do next level stuff. Yeah. So and I think, you know, it's while it's not necessarily a skill that you can't take an innovation class, at you know, right. Stanford, right. <laughs> but um, but I think the rules apply sure. in whatever you do. Do you have uh, a team that you work with to kind of help you come up with, you know, ideas? And, no team. And execute? Just no me. team? No, just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs uh, a team? <laughs> no. So um, there's a guy I'm, I'm dissing that's sitting over in the corner, um, Eric Beal. Hey, what's up, Eric? Eric Beal is second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've been working together for a little over a year, but, you know, uh, and it's just it's good to have people to bounce thoughts off of yeah right wrong indifferent you know one thing i talk about is also just like the brainstorm process or whatever room you're in to brainstorm is really like the safest place you can ever be in in any company right it's the place where you can be like what if we threw rocks at the poster like it's just like that's a dumb idea and then you go like wait what if we did throw rocks at the poster so you start to um it's where you can say those things that are in the back of your head that may not make sense Ever yeah. <laughs> or you know at that at the moment you say it and then you continue to build on those things right so I think you I mean you definitely need people and teams and you know I think there are people who are really great at connecting dots or coming up with ideas and you know products and services and yeah. then once you start to communicate those things to other people they start to take on a life of their own right so right. Um, so yeah and then I have a manager um, that I've been working with for a, a little while now um, but previously at other companies that I've held innovation roles at mm-hmm. absolutely like teams are are uh, pretty important so when you get into a meeting, let, let's say with like Google, right? So Google wants to have a meeting with you. You go in there, and what is what is that initial conversation look? Where's like? my check? <laughs> <laughs> Money now. Before I say we a talk word, later. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so Google, for instance, Google has this thing called the Launchpad, right? Yeah. And um, it's their international accelerator. So mm-hmm. every year they support about forty different startups from. 30 different countries. Yeah. Um, and then twice a year, they meet in uh, Northern California just for a, a number of weeks. And so I'll go up there, meet with the Google team, as well as, you know, kind of do a round robin with all those startups. So you start to see, first of all, where a lot of common potholes are as mm-hmm. businesses and companies develop, whether it's like a three person startup or, you know, a hundred person, you know, established company. Um, but then also just like, for a perfect example is Google, you know, as we sat through presentations and looked at it, it looks like tech stacks, marketing, the team, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm asking like these soft questions, right? Where it's like, you'd be surprised at how many companies that make stuff that they sell products to people. So they, how many of them have actually never met a customer in mm-hmm. real life, right? Mm-hmm. They're good at the tech. They're good right. at, you know, if it's fashion, they may like know where to source stuff from and we're going to bring this product to this community. 
Um, but they haven't actually gone and sat down and just been like, hey, right. what do you like? Touch this fabric. You know, yeah. like there's a visceral thing to, yeah. it, and that's just one product category. Yeah. So, um, and so I'll go back to Google and be like, you do realize that none of these people have ever talked to, you know, so how can we introduce that as a skill set or tool or process within that launch pad ecosystem? Sure. Yeah. So um, it really, it's hard sometimes because, uh, you know, I don't really have a product, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I walk into a room, especially if it's for the first time, like the, a first meeting, it's like, well, what do we? It's, it all sounds cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I write about this in the book. Like, I think the the problem, you know, the downside of doing cool stuff <laughs> is like people don't know where to categorize you or place you, right? right? Um, right. It's like, oh, so you're a marketing director? Like, yeah. Oh, you. So wait, you do creative direction? It's like. I can't draw to save my life, but I understand, yeah, you know, yeah. balance of... I can guide it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, all those different things. But they want to be able to, like, give you a label and say, this is what you do. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, you're a tech guy. Sometimes it's technology. I don't know. Maybe it's Daybreaker dance parties. Mm-hmm. I, it could be something that we integrate there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's uh, there's no real answer out of like off the bat yeah 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 no i mean well i think one thing that i'm getting is you you want to connect with the people first right so whether it's google there's people behind google it's not just this tech company that just exists in the cloud right but i mean uh everything from trying to find a way to bring out what they do in terms of like their business and then how does that connect with their audience which is people right yes yeah the the first chapter in my book is entitled "Swim Like the Swim Swim Like an Otter," mm-hmm. um, and the reason I call it that, I had interviewed this guy named Dan Goods, who's NASA's artist in residence, and um, he had a when he was he's been there 16 years helping craft missions. He turns all their scientific concepts into public art exhibitions mm-hmm. and just does all sorts of like weird stuff that you wouldn't expect NASA sure. to be doing behind yeah. the walls. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's told the story about how he, when he was in art school. Um, he had a professor who was like, hey, draw a picture of an otter. And he was like, okay, cool. He drew it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of days later, the professor was like, meet me down at the pool tomorrow. Uh-huh. And when they got there, he showed him a video of an otter swimming. And he's like, now get in the water and swim like one. <laughs> and it's this whole chapter starts to talk about empathy, right? Okay. The idea of like th- all the things that we're creating, we need to go there and be a part of that community or that group that we're trying to service, whether you're making like, products for the hearing impaired right like maybe you should you know figure out a way to experience that right like Mm -hmm. that sensory deprivation kind of experience um as opposed to saying these people want that Mm -hmm. right which is what most of us do and most of like your gut is right but it had to have that deeper sense of connection to whatever it is you're creating it's like let's go be a part of that community and Mm -hmm. some of us are like natively part of it and then i think the opposite needs to occur too it's like let's get outside of ourselves right for a second you know Mm -hmm. so i think it does it starts and deliberately in the book and it's just like with paying attention to people yeah so uh Okay, in terms of planning, okay, so when you, I would imagine when you were a kid, you weren't thinking, I'm going to be an innovation expert when I grow <laughs> up, right? So, um, I mean, so how do you go from, uh, like, let's say doing stand-up comedy to thinking that you wanted to shift into this sort of an avenue that's not really concrete, there isn't this sort of, uh, yeah, this is a career that I majored in, in 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 college, you know what I mean? So how do you go from something that's pretty, you know, like, I, I think stand-up comedy is something that people were like, yeah, I want to be a comic when I grow up. Um, at what point did you feel like you wanted to shift into this kind of uncharted territory of innovating? I was broke. 
<laughs> that, yeah. Look, that's, that's as, as true as it gets. Because, you know, I think when you work in the entertainment industry in any capacity, like, mm-hmm. you're basically getting paid from gig to gig, right? Sure. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I would work on a TV show, and it'd be like, nine months later, the TV show's canceled. And you're like, yeah. oh, I need to go find... And you don't know how long it's going to be before you get the next thing. So mm-hmm. what I would, in between time, because I wanted to remain living in California, sure. I was <laughs> like, let me go pick up a job. So I would work on a marketing project or produce an event, or like I worked for the Magic Conference in Vegas, which yeah. happened twice a year. So I would always pick up the these other things in between jobs, yeah, and um, and uh, you know, I think I started to see a little bit of connective tissue between, and I was trying to like, I was doing things that I was genuinely interested in, you know. Um, I did get a job offer to be a phone sex operator. Whoa, which, uh, it's because your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's because your voice. You they wouldn't let me one. be a sex operator. <laughs> you, you'd be surprised. Oh, really? There's all sorts of fetishes out there. Okay, well, I'm gonna <laughs> be right weird. back. I'm gonna go <laughs> back to we need to dance it with glasses. <laughs> um, although I could have been that on the on the phone. But um, so yeah, I mean, and not every job was glamorous, but you just mm-hmm. start to really pick up on um, these cues of where possibilities are. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, or on top of that, I think because I did s- spread my, you know, wings so wide as far as, like, working with fashion and then going sure. back and working on a writing project and then working on some, like, I coached a swim team for a yeah. while. You, you start to bring... Um, resources together or connect dots. Yeah. It was like, oh, what if, I mean, Eric can attest to this. It's like most times I'll say something and be like, what if we added dance? We were talking about this before. Yeah. It's like, what if we added dance to X, Y, and Z? Uh-huh. And you're like, I know a guy. Like, it, the, And that became, like the resourcefulness just became a really happenstance way for me to add value to situations. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I know that person or I know how to figure out how to get to them or mm. that company. Um, and to, that day, to this day, I'm like, Ah, what if we did? You know, just trying to connect dots that don't necessarily mm-hmm. usually are, are associated with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm imagining like networking is a big part of what you do, then, right? Just kind of being open to people. Hungry? From- no, I'm just kidding. Jeremy's up. No, go ahead. Get your Nutri-Green, but what is it? Jeremy's oh, opening up a Nutri-Green bar, folks. <laughs> we got to get our nutrition in. We got to get this breakfast. <laughs> it's breakfast. Uh, uh, but yeah. yeah. This, and it's an audio guy, too. That's, that's what made it That's, that's what made it it's like a Snickers special. commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you're not yourself when you're hungry. Uh, yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would imagine you, you you network like tons then, right? Meeting people from all walks of life, yeah, all different sorts honestly, of industries. Honestly, like rather than like the word networking, sure. I, uh, I look at it as just curiosity. Yeah. Right? Like anybody I meet, like, you know, or one thing I advise is people that you encounter, just be genuinely interested in them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, another one of my guests told me is like, if you want to be interesting, be interested. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just like... I will ask you a thousand questions about, you know, why I have a show. (laughs) But it's just like, why you chose that decision? What, you know, um, I sat down for a meeting. I was in New York last week and I sat down for a meeting and the person says, oh, what do you do? And I said, no. I said, said, let's start somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she asked me a really compelling question. And she was, it was something like, what excites you the most? Like she just totally changed gears. Yeah. And I think networking, the whole point of it is to build relationships. Sure. Right. And if I come to you and I'm like, so what's dance like? Right. (laughs) You know, or just something like mundane or uh, like, where are you from? Mm -hmm. It's, 
it doesn't really, especially if you have conversation over and over again sure. with different individuals, it doesn't cut through the clutter. Mm-hmm. Um, I inter- interviewed a guy recently who's a, a neuroscientist, and um, he was just even talking about business meetings. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, come to, our, come to our space. And you guys have an amazing space here, but it's like, how about you, I take you into your personal world? So it's like, instead of going to dinner, why don't we go bowling? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, or why don't we go do, like, there's a you're drawing a personal connection to the individuals that you're trying right. to connect with. Right. Um, and you know, and that means also just going to conferences. Yeah. I was, I, um, my son's in Catholic school and we went to uh, mass yesterday and the priest said something about a bishop's conference that just ended. Um, mm. and it was nine days or whatever. And, uh, I was like, I would want to go to that. Like, I just, like, I just want to see yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Right. Like I, <laughs> I, who knows if I have any business there, quote, totally. air quotes. Um, but I think by just exposing yourself to di- not exposing yourself, experiencing other by experiencing other like areas of culture it just yeah. it just feeds you in a different way so yeah you know i love that because um you mentioned what we do is that yo so you guys dance we're like well yeah we do that <laughs> sometimes or, or you know a lot of the times but um, yeah, it's that's something kind of that we view as that's just one of the things that we do. We use that kind of as like a medium to speak um, like our full language of what we actually are inspired by, what moves us to even dance. Um, and I, I love the idea. We spoke about this last time. You talked about unlikely pairings, right? Mm-hmm. Collaborating with uh, whether it be a brand or just people that seemingly do something that's random from what you do. But um, you find some sort of, of a connecting point where, like, hey, let's maybe do something together, right? Right. Um, so it, let's talk about that. So you, you have this sort of a thing called unlikely pairings. What is your thought process behind that? Like, what made you feel like that's something that you uh, find to be interesting and that you bring to the table to whether it be a company or people that you meet? Yeah, with? I, feel, I feel like this is where some of the best surprises just in life come from, right? And you're like, oh, I mean, the silly example that just popped into my head is like the Pizza Hut KFC. Like yeah. for some reason you're like, yeah, but what? Uh, but yeah, but wow, <laughs> yeah. that's weird. Yeah. And it sticks with you, like regardless of yeah. if you're a fan of those or not. Like you know, and I think in more of a traditional business sense, I mean, at one point in time, Hilton was a client of mine and worked with their portfolio of you know uh, hospitality brands. And for about three months, we were working on a partnership between Hilton and Airbnb. And it was, it it didn't fall through. I mean, it didn't happen, but it's just like the thought process was, especially like convincing both parties who look at each other as competitors. Mm. Um, It's like, look, if for my Hilton loyalty points, if, you know, if every time I stay at a Hilton, you help me rent my place out and I, we, you know, you earn money from my 200 bucks a night. I earn money on my stay, and so maybe net it cost me ten dollars a night to yeah. stay there. It's a win-win, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that could be a really good connected ecosystem of uh, of an unlikely pairing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you know, even uh, NASA and art, right? You don't, yeah, sure, you can have an artist work with NASA, but you know, on a project. But not for 16 years, right? Right, like um, redesigning conference rooms, working with engineers so they don't sound like robots when they get it, because they actually have to, like most of us have to do, they have to get up in front of a room and pitch their missions. So mm-hmm. all these missions you hear about are actually like the results of like we want to do X, Y, and Z. This is how much it'll cost. This is why we want to do it. Here's what we'll learn. And of course, like if science has been my world for my entire career. That's how I'm going to talk. Yeah. But you know, Dan can go in and say, "Let's flower this up. Let's change the palette on this PowerPoint. Like just whatever the 
you know, the, um, the thing is, but it, it's, I even talk about this exercise in, in the book as far as, you know, um, picking two random objects out of a hat and having a sprint on na- listing as many things as possible as those two items have in common. Yeah, so it might well, be a squirrel and a robot. And you're like, yeah. uh, all uh, right, you know. So you, you, it starts to stretch your creative capacity mm. to really draw a connection between those, those two things. Sure. And I love going like, huh, I wonder how that could work. One, a new favorite, Eric told me about this one, which was um, Ancestry and Spotify have a partnership. I think they announced it wow. a, a couple of weeks ago. What? And it's like, you know, prescriptive music based on your DNA. Like it's, you <laughs> know, and there's some science to it. There's probably just <laughs> yeah. a little bit of smoke and mirrors to it as well. Yeah, but the yeah. novelty of it is just like, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, well, let me see what this could be like. Um, so, you know, see, experiencing those fun uh, exper- uh, yeah. experiments. So, I mean, uh, it really just comes from thinking outside the box, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and so you wrote a whole book on that. Thinking outside about crushing That's the box. True. What what is what is your approach it's in, just in getting that a, book? Getting rid of the box altogether, right? Like it's you know, and, um, and uh, you know, the subtitle of the book is Ten Essential Rules for Breaking Essential Rules. Right? Mm. So oh, it's like good. here's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, right. And you know, the whole <laughs> or follow it. Or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whole, well, that's the whole meta of it, right? Like yeah. here are ten rules for sure. breaking rules, but and, you know, and then like the bonus chapter is like. D- do Just your kidding. own anyway. Right? <laughs> <laughs> psych, psych. Thanks for the money. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, good. That's page 12, too. There's two psychs. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, look, I get asked a lot just like what are some common traits I see among innovators or what are some processes and tips and tricks that, uh, that I've come across. And you know, a lot of the stuff that I've encountered from an educational perspective is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, repetitive in some ways, mm-hmm. or it's kind of like, it, and repetitive, I mean, just kind of speaking about the same point of view, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. when you hear about failures, for instance, right, uh, you know, it's like, oh, fail hard, fail fast. I'm yeah. like, look, realistically, nobody wants to fail, right? Sure. Like, yeah. It's going to happen. So yeah. how do you, like, Let's talk about the emotional side of it, right? mm-hmm. you know, and even I talk about this idea of micro failures and it's these small, you know, things, traps, potholes we experience on a day to day basis that add up and start to diminish your creative energy, mm-hmm. you know, and it might be it might be mundane on the surface. It might be those 10 unreturned emails. I was thinking about one this morning. As a matter of fact, there's a company that looks super promising for us to do a partnership with. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, got on the phone, had a, you know, had a great conversation. They were like, well, send us some thoughts. I sent some thoughts. Never responded. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just did the math. I was like, we met in May. It's October. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and not only that, like, I gave them back, like, a few of the ideas were things that we talked about doing right sure. already. But the fact that I put in all this energy and effort, uh, you know, and, and my team did too, and it's just like, hello? Yeah. Um, and that can be like, well, it is that is that me? Is that the is that the idea? Or is it just the universe? Like how how should I look at that? And if you couple that with you know three or four other things, kids doing bad in school, or you got a flat tire, or you know you're you got a, a I was gonna say a fire in the dance studio. But I, won't, I won't say that. I was gonna yeah. say spaghetti is cold. Or the spaghetti is cold. Yes, better better example. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you know, and yes, that like leads up to you know all sorts of just uh, hurdles mm-hmm. to to you accomplishing whatever it is you want to accomplish. Yeah. So like, where can I find different angles to have the same conversation? Yeah, mm-hmm. we we talk about failures. Um, I would imagine within this space, 
uh, like you said, unreturned emails to things that seem promising that don't work out? How do you approach when things don't go according to plan? Um, on yeah, from your perspective, I, I guess the truth is most things don't go according to plan, right? Mm. So, <laughs> um, so I think you know part of it is also when a, uh, the redeeming thing in that particular chapter is also this idea of like micro rewards, right? Like this idea that we are actually, we have to remind ourselves of how incredibly awesome we are. Mm. Um, I went to Michigan State. Uh, go green. No, nobody. All right. <laughs> so I went to Michigan State and um, they played in the 100th Rose Bowl, of, I don't know, three, four years ago uh-huh. um, and won. And so I got a chance to interview the coach. Right. And mm-hmm. we talked about like and the poeticism of that story was that the coach had actually played the last time Michigan State won the Rose Bowl. So mm. it's like 26 years before. Mm. So he's in his, you know, late 40s and now coaching the team and they win. So it was and it was 100th Rose Bowl. It was and it was against Stanford, so it was here. It was just a really great thing. And, yeah. and one of their big things for the season was celebrate every win. You know, if everybody's at practice by four o'clock, we we're we're celebrating. Yeah. Um you caught the ball like like what every little moment was they considered a win. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the opposite like of course any sport is about winning the game. Mm-hmm. But um but I think in order to keep that energy and that spirit up, it was like every win is a win. Mm-hmm. And so they just had like great energy that, yeah. um that that year. Um, and kind of continued it, and continue to have good seasons. But um, but yeah, so it's it, there's a, a few things. Yeah, just a reminder. Um, so with your team that you have, uh, do you guys have like a, a central hub, like a headquarters that you guys um, interact and, and create out of? No. Okay. <laughs> all on email. All um, not com- yet. So yeah. uh, you know, uh, truth be told, like I, you know, when I was at OMD, I ran a group there called the Ignition Factory, which was and OMD is for your audience is like the largest media agency yeah, in the okay. world. So anytime mm. you see billboards, oh, ads, yeah. yeah, digital media ads, yeah. all sorts of experiences. So there's a $14 billion company and, mm-hmm. and, uh, out of 10,000 employees around the world, there were 20 of us who focused on innovation. Whoa. So, you know, really our, you know, our, our job in that capacity is to kind of just be out and about and seeing things, mm-hmm. right? Like we used to have, I used to reserve Thursdays just for meetings with startups mm-hmm. and, you know, new innovations. So, you know, we had early access to Amazon Alexa, you know, or we'll find like um, Daybreaker. I brought up Daybreaker Dance Party, but before they kind of went global like they did, we were like, you guys are on to something. Let's see how we can leverage you. So, you mm-hmm. know, it really runs this gambit of who's doing cool stuff and how can we get it. So a lot of that means just being out in the world. Yeah. Um, and then when you're ready to go into like a, on a mission, right. A, a brainstorm or trying to solve a, a problem for a client or invent something, you have a lot of different pieces and tools to pull from. Sure. So uh, another great example of that is, uh, the CW was a client, and there was a show called iZombie that uh-huh. was on, on the CW. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we created this experience with a company called Emotive, which is actually a meditation device. But you put this thing on your, like almost like a, a connected sweatband on your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it kind of will give you like a digital readout of your brain, like a, an image, and it shows up in different colors. And so depending on which colors are showing, it shows you which kind of operate operation mode your brain is in. So yeah. if you're relaxed, it's yellow. If you're in problem solving mode, it's purple. I'm making the associations, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know those sorts of things. And um, so we partnered them with this zombie series, right? <laughs> and it was uh-huh. just like, 
Oh, well, what if we give people a digital readout and instead of like alpha, <laughs> theta, delta, and beta, we would give them flavor profiles. Oh, and so, <laughs> so it was a good way for Motive to introduce their product to mm-hmm. a new audience. It sure. was a good way for iZombie to give people a really different experience. And then not only that, we, we use 3D printing to print up candy. And so yeah. we have brain-shaped pieces of candy. So if you were showed up purple, we would give you the purple piece of candy yeah. and you could eat your eat own your brain. brain. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's kind of finding those opportunities, but that wouldn't have happened if I if we didn't go out and look for like right. give a space to look for an emotive. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and again, like you think about a brainstorm, like there were probably a good dozen to 20 ideas that we had on on the table. Yeah. Um, but as to more I guess specifically answer your question, I think you know, having a space where uh, I like big whiteboards personally. Yeah, um, whiteboards uh, are cool. Yeah, yeah. I was just like to. It sounds mundane or you know um, analog, but like th- just write something down, draw some arrows, yeah. and connect some things. Um, I like to have magazines around, so you know, just like thumbing through, like you get to see the latest articles, whether it's Wired or GQ or Vogue or whatever. Yeah. Because um, you just never know where you're gonna. Like, oh, hey, did you read this thing? Right. You know. Um, and I think again, looking at innovation as a process. Another thing I used to do with my team is um, we would have uh, what we call Thunder Thursdays, and okay. our Thunder Thursday was just kind of like. Let's come to the table and what have you seen in the past week? Because mm. mm. what you what, what the yeah. things that attract you might, are going to be different. The things that attract your attention, mm-hmm. and you know, because one of my team members was a writer on House of Cards, another yeah. one was a photographer, mm. another one was a marketer. So the perspective that they come from is going to be very different than mine. So like the fact that we can get in a room without being in problem solving mode to just share mm-hmm. is is really important. Mm. So uh, within your team, um, when you build sort of that corporate culture and the things that you guys use, whether it be the, the Thursday thing that you guys do, um, you guys do things that um, uh, that you do outside of the office and outside of the workspace that kind of helps bring that camaraderie in, or is it all just kind of work and that's it? I, uh, I, I try to mix it up like mix, or mix it in, uh-huh. right? So uh, most recently when we went to go visit 2-Bit Circus, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was before they opened. Um, the founder is a good friend of mine. He's been yep. on the show. And so we went there and got first access to a lot of the things like, and over here, we're going to have this, but this yeah. is ready to go. So why don't you try it? Yeah. Right. So, and then um, we did this. You guys would have done really. What was that? What was it? The dance game with the um, with the swords? Oh. Yes, yeah, Beat Saber. So <laughs> yeah. it's like basically you have like an yeah. HTC vibe, the handles, and uh-huh. so you have basically two swords in your hand, and it's all to music, and that, and there there's these objects flying at you, and you smash them oh. um, like on beat. It's like Guitar Hero, but it's like, like yeah, yeah but yeah, so much better, <laughs> <laughs> so much better. Got it. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but you know that was part. Let's go see if there's any validity in us doing something with any of the projects that we're working on. Yeah. But also like let's have fun while we're yeah. while we're doing it. Um, you know, so and I, luckily with the show and with the you know with the work, it, it, both sides talk to each other a lot. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Somebody I interview may turn into like, well, why don't you come by and like see the space? I mean, the fact that I get to come here and spend time with you guys mm-hmm. is like that's equal parts business and awe, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, and so, I th- and I think a, a good friend of mine, Nicole Yershon, who used to run the innovation lab for Ogilvy in the UK, she said, there is no work-life balance. There's only life, Ooh, right? Good. So wow. it's like, the minute I say, oh, well, we got to do something fun now. And now we got to go do something, you know, just, mm-hmm. it's like, 
why can't those two worlds coexist? And of course, there are going to be moments that mm-hmm. where one is more important or the focal point um, at that point in time. But you know, if if you look at it all as one journey, and the fact that I can probably bring my family to a two bit circus sure. at the same time that we're on a business mission, at the same time we're all having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's you know, I, I think that holistic point of point of view when you enter an opportunity sure. is is important. Mm. Yeah, I have a funny story about Two Bit Circus. So we went actually <laughs> a couple weeks ago. So we're like, yeah, there's Two Bit Circus just opened up in Arts District. We'll check it out. Virtual reality game sounds amazing. So we go in, and uh, there's this one game. I forget what it's called, but it's like you sit in this pod and like you're you're in a tank basically. Mm. You have these two joysticks. You put the the headset on, the headphones on, and then you know you turn these things, and so you 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 feel like you're in this tank. But every time you turn your head, you're seeing everything change. So. We just thought, like, yeah, it's going to be fun. So we get in, like, four of us are playing, and then, like, round one finishes, and I'm like, okay, this is fun, but I feel like like I'm getting sick. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, maybe it's just me. I'm like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. Finish round one, and I'm like, cool, I take off my headset, we're done. Oh, round two, like, oh, shit, so I put the thing back on. I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) And I swear I couldn't even finish the game. I took the thing off, I was like, dude, I'm going to throw up. I get out of my pod, and I go look at the other guys, and... I kid you not, within five-second increments, each of them take off their headsets. <laughs> Mike comes out of this pod. He's like, dude, I'm going to throw up right now. And he runs <laughs> to the bathroom. And I was just like, yo, are we just old? Or like, what's going on here? So I go to the the, the chick who's handling, you know, who like checks us in. And I was like, um, you, I should have some sort of a warning thing on here because I, I feel like there's like a motion sickness. And she's like, yeah, yeah some people get sick. <laughs> so it was just hilarious. We just left two bit circus. It's a great concept, but we just totally got defeated by the place. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah. uh, that's a great uh, point, right? Because I think a lot of it, because they just opened, it becomes iterative, right? So yeah. that's a learning moment to sure. go like, A, let's put a warning on it. Yeah. B, let's improve the latency. Because that's all that is, is like your brain, not, mm-hmm. your body not making the association with the movement that your brain thinks is happening. Yeah. Uh. And so it's a disconnect between those two. The very first, um, I did the same thing, the very first VR experience I did was when Oculus Rift was a big deal. Yeah. And they created this, um, I mean, it still is a big deal, but like, um, they created this horror game. So you basically like are walking around this warehouse and things are jumping out at you. But when you use a joystick, like the your, the you as the character, you turn, but your body's still sitting in the same sure. way. Whoa. And now things are jumping out and scaring you. Yeah. And you're, now you're jerking because you like you want to get away from it. I did this. I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah. I was like, thank uh-huh. you. Like <laughs> yeah. you only finished. I was like, no, I didn't finish at all. Yeah. Um. And so, but over time, it gets better. Yeah. So you know, it's that feedback that you're like, oh, a customer said X Y Z. Totally. And then also, it's like, I'm sure, hopefully, <laughs> though their engineers are working on that, like solving for that problem. Yeah. So, um, and I, even in, in the space of VR, like there's been a lot of development over time of like, all right, this generally makes people sick. This actually now we're starting to see a reduction mm. in in that. Um, so anyway, just to, just to put that experience. Yeah, no, into, I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like you have a lot of fun with what you do, right? I mean, you you have you meet people, you go and experience a bunch of stuff. Um, so what is your perspective in terms of, okay, say business, right? So as, would you consider yourself uh, an entrepreneur? I guess so. In some ways? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing, I, you know, starting off doing stand-up and kind of working in the gig economy from the entertainment perspective, yeah. 
is definitely like you're the CEO of you, right? Like you are an entrepreneur, whether you think about it that in the traditional sense of what entrepreneurship is, like you're building a business and a team and, you know, got checks and balances and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't have an IP per se, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have some scalable piece of technology sure. or things like that. But, you know, the decisions that I make on a day-to-day basis are all geared towards growth, um, all geared towards, you know, my, like, honestly, it's like I want to help people uh, 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 create and improve their innovation potential, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I think if you get, like, it's a part of my tattoo, it says change the way you look at things and the things you look at will begin to change. Mm. Well, that works in business. That works in life. You know, it works in any scenario you're in. Like, if you get an argument with your girlfriend, you're like... All right, let me change the way I'm looking at this for a second and mm. see if I can see it from a different vantage. Maybe not her vantage point, but just a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just I, I'm that's the deeper mission that I'm on. Sure. And so, um, whatever ways I can grow that message. So, right now we're in talks with, to do a couple of TV shows. Um, I get to go all over the world. I'm going to New Zealand in a couple of awesome. uh, ne- uh, next month, as a matter mm. of fact. Um, I've been to Australia, London, Kenya, you know, so it's just uh, that platform is my version of entrepreneurship. I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so within like, so your speaking engagement, so you travel around, you, you, uh, talk at these events, like what kind of, uh, what is that experience? Like if I'm going to go to a Chris Denson speaking engagement, what, what what's in store for me? Prepare to have your mind blown. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. No, one of my favorite, like I, I give a couple of like. Can talks, then I'll uh, maybe I'll be a guest in a fireside chat, and then I never know where the conversation is going to go. Mm-hmm. Or um, the talk in New Zealand is actually on the idea of unlikely pairings, so mm-hmm. I'll be showing a lot of examples of those and why they work or why they didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's, it, but one of the favorites is sort of this idea of six degrees of connection, and mm-hmm. it's just like a series of interconnected personal and professional anecdotes. Mm. So. Uh, one example I may talk about, like meme culture, right? Mm. And like why memes work and the psychology of it and how it's a big invitation. We all get to be funny and creative thanks to a gif, right? Like yeah. you just, yeah. I, I picked the best one and it made you crack up or mm-hmm. perfectly captured the moment. And I couldn't have done that on my own, but it is my own because I like, I selected that at that point in time. Sure. Right? And mm. now, and as brands create more opportunities for people to participate in their meme culture, blah, blah, blah. And I give this example of when, um, uh, for a while, on like there was a thing where you could put in your first name and your last name and do glamour shot. So it'd be like Chris Denson glamour shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you see all these like 1980s funny photos come up, and so you could pick one like, look at that, you know, this is me and my glamour shot. And <laughs> yeah. mine is like an overweight, um, uh, like an overweight white guy with a, a really bad mustache and a gold chain. He's like yeah. leaning forward, you know, leaning forward. <laughs> and so I'll show that, and, like, it is my opening thing. Like, I'm yeah. Chris Denson. And then I yeah. start talking about memes. And then I'll say, the person that told me about this specific meme is a guy by the name of uh, Jeff Jenkins, who's not black, by, by, by the way. Um, but he <laughs> he was the resident disruptor at Taco Bell. That was his okay. job title. And so, um, he invented like their app. So the Taco okay. Bell app is one of those things where it's like all geolocated. So uh-huh. if you have it on, whenever you're within 500 yards of a Taco Bell, it will ping you and ask you if you want that burrito the way sure. you like it. And you can either go and drive, pick it up in the drive-thru. Everything's already paid for. Yeah. And so he talks about like how they designed that mm-hmm. and, what, and all that stuff. He was a guest on the show. And mm-hmm. so it's just like all these different moments. And I try to bring to light um, 
just you know the the design thinking behind it mm-hmm. and not just the what it is yeah mm. so does social media uh have a big play in what you do um yes yes it, yeah it does i mean mm-hmm. it, i think it has a big play in everything right sure. and it's like how you it's it, it's usually an entry point right to whether it's a piece of content that i've created or um, a point of discovery for something like, oh, I found this great thing on Twitter. You know, I think yeah. we all have like a, a story of a business opportunity to have, or marriages that happened because of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer, you know, even when I do my interviews, I like to do them face to face. Like I prefer as much like human time as yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of products and services that are out there, it's like, especially from an innovation standpoint, We'd be in a lot of brainstorms talking with our hands, like, and then it's, it does this. Yeah, it's a lot different if I can bring it to you and show it to you, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, we had a meeting with a film <sighs> studio recently, and we took a hologram company over there. Right, Whoa. it's one thing to be like, yeah, remember the Tupac hologram? Yeah, I saw the YouTube video. Right, yeah. it's another thing to be like, here it is. Right. Look at it, and yeah. like, oh, matter of fact, it works this way, and you can do gesture control, mm. and it has artificial intelligence attached. So. Um, and even last year we did uh, the show live from Art Basel in Miami. Mm-hmm. And the art world is one that hasn't been introduced to a lot of you know technology and innovation. Yeah. And so uh, we brought in an artificial intelligence company that they had taught this AI the style of 12 muralists. And so you know for the art world, it was like, oh, I get to wave my hands in front of this thing and it does something, mm-hmm. right? And, and then that company gets to go like, this is all artificial intelligence, and here's what artificial intelligence is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hopefully for for them, that it's like, all right, let's figure out how to do some business together. Now I understand the value of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's I prefer to be as uh, you know human in human contact totally. as possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what is like the most random sort of uh, pairing that you've been able to work on? Something that seems so out of like left field, but then it just kind of worked out. Um, I think the motive example was like Ed, that one was so fun. It worked. Um, uh, it, it made it into the book, sure. right? But uh, but the reason that's also another great example is because it also there was a big part of it that failed. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was like the experience was awesome. Yeah. And the company Emotive actually was like, hey, we can make these digitally shareable cards. So anytime you get your brain scan, it's like, here's your brain scan, you know, and like it's a shareable card that goes out. Mm. That email functionality was broken like the morning. Of. Oh, no. <laughs> and so um, th- we had to, it was like two or three additional steps in order to share the image. Yeah. Which in any scenario is bad. Like you want to have it like as, you know, seamless sure. as possible and as few steps as possible. And so, um, so oh, I got, I got yelled at for that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, the other thing about that particular example is also, it was really more so an experiment in wearable technology. You know, if you think about any brand that makes a promise like, did that uh, candy bar do good for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you take Snickers, like really satisfies, yeah, yeah, or uh-huh. Wells Fargo, done. It's like we, every brand makes some sort of emotional promise. Mm-hmm. And thanks to very easily accessible wearable technology, we can start to measure, you know, human sentiment in a very different way. Mm-hmm. So then people filling out a card or like smiling or facial recognition technology. If you walk out of a room and there's a camera mounted, like I don't, I don't need to know your name, where you're from. I just need to know the expression on your face, you mm-hmm. know, at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, they're called micro somethings. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, these micro 
shifts in your in the your expressions in your face. And actually, even the camera on the PlayStation does this. Right? Oh yeah, like, um, it can tell how happy you were, yeah. or sad, your your age, all these different things. And so, um, I look at that as really like a Trojan horse of how like an experimentation in in wearable technology. Yeah, mm. man, that's crazy. So when you so speaking of technology, I feel like. Social media to um, wearable tech, things that kind of like scan your, your your monitor your heartbeat to all that kind of stuff. Do you feel that um, with where everything is going in terms of technology, AI and all that, do you feel like that is really um, the next place where everybody kind of needs to shift their focus in terms of business and all that kind of stuff? Um, not every business. Mm. You know, I, I think a lot of, I think every technology goes through a phase, right, mm -hmm. of... Ooh, look what we can do. And then it's like, oh, look, everybody can do it. And then yeah. it goes like, well, these people should use it for this. Right. Mm -hmm. There's like the that's kind of the progression. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked with an art exhibit a few years ago, and um they were reluctant to be on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, it's a lot of it's a little bit of an older generation. They owned a few like um museums in Italy and stuff like that. And they were like, I had to find a way to have them understand that their audience is on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm, yeah. But but the perception of it is it's almost like a Snapchat. Like, oh, it's just a bunch of kids messing around on there, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, and so I think a lot of it is perception perception shift mm -hmm. um, in terms of getting people to understand and see see opportunity where you that. might see it. Yeah. Um, because I, and I think that's any like inventive journey is exactly that. Like sure. you think about the guy, you know, the guys that started. Um, uh, what do you uh, the Uber? Yeah. So you're like, what if everybody was a taxi? Right? <laughs> like, okay. Right. Yeah. right? Like, it, like it, I'm sure to a bunch of people that sounded really dumb. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and um, and sure enough, it was a great bet. You know, same thing. Uh, Reed Hastings. It's like, well, mm. why don't we just deliver the movies instead of people coming into a store? Yeah. And, and not only that, hey, Blockbuster, I've invented this thing. Do you want to buy it? And like, no. Wow, Blockbuster. <laughs> no, we're good. That was my first job, <laughs> Blockbuster Video. So, you know, <laughs> I think to piece. answer your question, I think it's important to understand what those things are. And I think mm -hmm. this is where the curiosity piece comes into it, right? Yeah. You may go and let's say you, you guys book a trip to go visit IBM Watson, mm -hmm. right? Um, they have a center up in San Francisco. Um, you know, nothing might, there may be no immediate thing that comes out of that. You know, mm -hmm. six months later, you might be like, oh, we have a gig at CES. Right sure. in Vegas, and oh, what if what if we did that Watson thing? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think it's just important to like develop this library of experiences, mm -hmm. and they may or may not become relevant to your business at, at some point. Um, but I, I don't like you'll find like a lot of people are just grabbing for real estate in certain spaces. Yeah, mm. like if I hear blockchain the blockchain one more time, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like all right, all right, like, you get it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's is is important, but it's it doesn't have the weight of mm -hmm. even with VR. Like when VR was like at one point when I was giving a talk, I said there's probably more companies making VR than there are people doing it, mm -hmm. right? And I sure enough, I, I, I gave a talk and I asked everybody in the audience to raise their hand. I said, "How many people here have done a VR experience?" Mm -hmm. Out of fifteen hundred people, three people raised their hand. Whoa! Wow. And so we talk at like because we live on the on a coast and this a pro very progressive city, and you know from a technology standpoint, and you know 
Um, but you go to Idaho, like nobody mm. cares about VR, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so what's that? Ex- what's that innovative experience that we can create that's relevant to even that person, mm. right? Um, and so I, I think sometimes we we put some sort of rose colored glasses on pieces of technology or innovations that make big promises, but from a practicality, they don't. Right. Um, even holograms, right? The big spike in holograms was actually in the medical industry. You know, mm-hmm. we what did we talk about? Tupac. And, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just like we talked about the same ones. It's like, no, it was like for medical students visualizing organs sure. and, you know, body systems um, to prepping for surgery. It's like that's where the biggest spike is yeah. in, in that industry. So, like, realizing that I was, t- we were talking about this before. It's like, I wish I was one of those guys that thought about like, ingredients you know mm-hmm. brands mm-hmm. when i did work for chrysler and matter of fact no when i was 13 to the time i was 21 i worked as a caddy Whoa. and it was the number one golf course in michigan they had a 96 us open there and um some of the richest people i've ever met in my life like <laughs> made cardboard Right. Cardboard. cardboard or fabric. Think about it. Like everything well, yeah. comes in a box. Oh yeah, right. Tons of cardboard here. Yeah, I was <laughs> so in New York last week. I was I, I was walking around. Uh, that's a whole side story. But uh, this guy that made a, a really crazy robot. Um, <laughs> but I was joking. I was like, "Is New York ever finished?" It's like always construction sure. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And he goes. He said, "Well, you know, there's only two companies that make the scaffolding." It's only two, co- like, this, yeah. and so yeah. you start to think about, like, oh, like all these these ingredients that we don't even think about. The mm-hmm. glass on your on any of your devices, mm-hmm. your tablet, your phone, it's like, it's Gorilla Glass. It's, you know, it's like three or four companies that yeah. make the glass that go, go into That's it. That's crazy. Um, and, you know, they're innovating within that space whenever they can, but, um, but you know, you start to find these other opportunities to to be inventive, you know, yeah. find an in-between brain. Yeah, it's amazing. So... Um, our our listening audience is mainly dancers, as you would imagine. Yeah. But um, I mean, the reason why we even started this podcast is because um, we realized, yeah, sure, like I said, dance is one of the things that we do. But we um, we like to we like to innovate in our own ways too, uh, with creative collaborations to products. We have a clothing line and all that kind of stuff. So the things that um, we re- as Kinjas we really try to push is to. Um, be bigger than just your your niche, right? Um, so, uh, for our audience, um, and, and the way that we try to push them is, yeah, I think, outside the box and mm-hmm. take uh, challenge yourself. Uh, be bigger than just your niche. Um, from your perspective, when you think about, say, dance, right, mm-hmm. and um, a dance brand like us, um, there aren't tons of us around. You know what I mean? We're not. We're not like Nike. We're not Adidas. Where where you can look at us and be like, oh, I know what you guys are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, sure, it's dance, but then um, from your perspective as an innovator, what would you say uh, for somebody who uh, does something, whether it be dance or whatever, to turn that into something bigger than just your little, you know, niche? Of well, what the, that is? I mean, the operative words you said there is brand, mm-hmm. right? It's it's going back to even the Google Launchpad thing, that was the other piece that was missing, right? Like, you had a name and you you had a service. Mm-hmm. But there was no brand. Like, what do you stand for? What sure. is... And I love the statement you guys have, which we'll talk about later, as, you know, when you go to the About section on your website. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty bold statement, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that's what a brand is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't think of a brand as like a logo and a name, right? Mm-hmm. A brand is like how you live, sure. and I'm sure like everything you touch, whether it's clothing or you know videos, or it, it has its own like flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I th- it's one of the most overlooked things, 
you know, when people are developing a company or they're looking to evolve or expand or whatever, it's like, who are you as a person, mm-hmm. you know, um, or who are you as a collective? Um, my favorite example in this, I interviewed uh, Miguel McKelvey, who's the founder and CEO of WeWork. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, WeWork is everywhere. I think at one point they were valued at $160,000 a member. Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> like, think about yeah. that. Just like, yeah. I, I can't even do the math on that. Right. But it's in, um, and so uh, talking to him, I realized, like, oh, he actually, it was part of the, our conversation was that he grew up in communal style living. Mm-hmm. So his mom and like her two best friends all lived in the same house. They were all single parents. And so there were like four or five kids between the three of them. And they shared resources and like everything else that you kind of see as a huge part of what makes we work work. Right. Right. This shared workspace. You know, what I have is yours. Let's collaborate. Let's build together, et cetera. And of course, there are other you know companies that do the same model. But because it's rooted in who he is, that is the brand. The brand is community, right? Mm-hmm. So, as a matter of fact, they I think they bought like last year they bought a school. Mm-hmm. So you know, like yeah. so it's just like, what can we do to foster this idea of community? And I think every person, entrepreneur, and you know, business should ask themselves that very same question: like, what do we actually stand for? Right. You know, and it may feel like bullshit, and like at the beginning, yeah. and like even when I was like, I want to help everybody evolve their innovation potential, and it, it actually started meaning something after a while. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and even within that, it's just like, I don't know if if you become. Um, if ballet is part of, you know, your, like that, maybe that's your intersection. But there was a woman who asked a question at an event I was speaking at. It was a USC Innovation Conference. And um, she was like, I'm an opera singer. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm trying to foster a community online. It was like, where does brand come into play for an individual like me? And um, and I said, it could be something, you know, what's different about you specifically? That She's like, I, you know, she said, I like hiking. I like, it's like, well, why don't you take a bunch of you and your opera friends out on hikes and, you know, up around Runyon Canyon and do like workshops? And the, just something where it's like speaks to who you are. Mm-hmm. Also made her sing, which was also really, really, <laughs> really cool. Um, but, you know, and I think that's where brand starts to come into play. It's like really allowing yourself to be all the things you are and not feeling mm-hmm. like, and that's even you go back to like the recovering comedian idea for a long time i didn't think comedy and the business world belonged together so i'd be in rooms where i felt like i had to be a certain way right um and and i couldn't be the other way you mm-hmm. know and i couldn't talk business in a comedy room and i couldn't be funny in a business setting and so but after a while i was like wait a minute that's exactly who i am mm-hmm. and that actually has value and so I, even to this day i say innovation crushes across between Fast Company and The Daily Show, mm-hmm. right? It's like, I want to yeah. have fun when I have these conversations and, you know, but also want people to walk away like severely informed. Sure, hmm. yeah. Do you have um, like daily routines, um, things that you do, uh, like morning routines, night routines? You're into martial arts. I am right? into martial yeah. arts. Yeah. It's the whole reason we met. I, um, yeah, I've been doing martial arts. Since, as a matter of fact, at the same time I started doing stand-up, I started doing martial arts. Um, and How did so, you get into that? Just movies or what <laughs> yeah like so i think both like both martial arts and comedy and it's funny i think it's the first time somebody's asked me this that i've realized it um <laughs> but that was like how i grew up you know like uh-huh. me and my cousin watching like the uh, uh, no offense uh the charlie chan um karate channel okay. like <laughs> in detroit okay. uh, me and my cousin used to watch that like yeah. anytime we spent the night together we are not offended <laughs> <laughs> um 
and then uh and so but it, and when i was by myself it was i was watching like a lot of stand-up mm-hmm. i would watch a lot of sitcoms and you know martial arts we tried to mimic the moves matter of fact um uh our friend daniel Lee yeah, Moon, yeah. um daniel. i've been w- doing nunchuck work with him uh-huh and the other day i was finally getting it but we were looking in the mirror and in my head it was so i was getting silly because i was like look i'm, do- I'm like i'm looking like a movie <laughs> and, like, and i was trying to keep that under wraps but i, st- I kept i kept like started grinning and, he, and i was like i'll tell you why this is funny later um but you know it was like a, a damn near like a childhood dream yeah. right i'm not I'm, i don't need to be in a movie but just the fact that i'm like expressing my movement and my body in that way sure. um is pretty cool and so um so yeah like i think both both kind of came up at the same time. Uh, as far as like rituals, you know, I I, 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 do, I, um, I do yoga as well. Yoga, um, yeah. I think that's really. I, I like to talk a lot about the the yin and the yang, I guess, between you know, like being aggressive sure. in your endeavors and also being super calm in your endeavors. And we were talking about yoga before we started mm-hmm. recording, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you're holding a very difficult pose and somebody's telling you to be calm about it, right? It's, <laughs> it's like, if that's not life, then what? Then what is, yeah, right? It's right. like this journey where anything could happen, or you may feel stressed or strained or hot in the case of Bikram or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, some form of discomfort. But you learn to be at peace with that, and mm-hmm. like those, that just unlocks a whole other realm of opportunity to to just ex- explore yourself. Yeah. Um, and so with that, and then like on the practical side, I, uh, I just discovered the Google, the Gmail uh, taskbar. So okay. I'm a big, like I keep a notepad by me and usually like, you know, a thousand things will pop into my head, whether it's something I need to work on immediately or something, oh, would it be cool if we, uh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just write that, like I keep a list, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. every day I just start over and I learn to call it a, um, instead of a to-do list, it's a blessed to-do list. Mm. So a to-do list is like, oh, I got to do all this stuff. A blessed yeah. to-do is like, I get to do this because X, Y, and Z, right? right? Mm. Um, and, you know, because there is somebody who sees value in my perspective or, I, you know, I I am blessed to have to take my kids to school, sure. <laughs> yeah. you know, because I have you know, family and I can, you know, afford a Catholic school mm-hmm. education. So it's just like all these different, it's just, again, putting things in different perspectives. Yeah. So, um uh, but I can't change it to a blessed to do list on Gmail. So, yeah. So just, yeah. Just tasks. <laughs> I love just, that. <laughs> figure it out. Figure <laughs> it out, Google. Just tasks. Yeah. No. So um, I love it, man. So uh, looking at your life, I feel that you have this sort of approach towards, um, I mean, to do something outside the norm or outside the box, it's, it's very risky, right? There's no, there's no uh, guarantee for success. But the way that you approach um, the the unknown, uh, I mean, you have like this optimistic, like glass half full sort of approach. It seems like towards yeah. a lot of things. Um, what would be your, um, I guess, sort of advice to uh, somebody who is in that space? Because I mean, so many of, of our following, they tend to be younger, and and they ask us the, the question all the time of like how do I do what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, how do I, you'd never be me, son. You'd never be me. And I love that. Cause that is true. You can't, you can't be That's me. True. You know? yeah. You're, you're going to only be you, but uh, we always try to give that um, tangible advice. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you, what do you mean you want to do what I do? Like, what do you think it is that I do? Right. And yeah. like, they look at the studio, they look at the YouTube and, 
you know, like, oh, I, I want to travel and teach around the world like you do and, and all this and that. Um, did you always have this uh, sort of um, individualistic approach? Like, you know, I'm just going to figure it out uh, of how to be the best version of myself. Or, I mean, I guess the real question is, like, was this a part of a, a plan? Do you, are, are you kind of a methodical planner or you uh, go with the flow? things work out and things don't and I'm just going to figure about, it out along the way. I think a way. little bit of both, right? Yeah. I, I think it, I'll set a general direction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I, then I just try to let the rest happen, mm. you know, because um, you just never, you just never know. Like I remember when I was in school and I was interviewing for engineering jobs, you know, it's like, I hate, and to this day, I hate this question. It's like, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. I, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I just want to do cool things yep. and do good work and see where the reward of that good work leads me. Sure. You know, it may present me with a whole set of options I didn't even think of. Right. Um, you know, and there's a, and so I don't think, I mean, I definitely didn't plan on this. I was, I was one of those kids. Where you know some people are like I, you know if you from the age of five all I knew was I wanted to dance or I wanted to be a doctor or mm -hmm. whatever I didn't I had no idea like mm -hmm. I went to college like I, like the, I picked a degree I picked the program is called packaging engineering and I picked it because a there wasn't too much science in it <laughs> right mm -hmm. I think it stopped at physics and maybe calculus like as opposed to mechanical engineering or electro like all these other things. Um, you know, and there were only three schools in the country that offered the degree. And I felt like every company that makes something puts it in the package. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I knew I had job security. I knew I didn't have to do too much <laughs> like schoolwork. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a passionate decision. Right. It was like it was a very strategic decision. Mm -hmm. um, passion came in later. And at that point, I was like, well, now how do I now? Now, how do I adjust? Um, but I think it's just like being patient with yourself, allowing yourself to not have all the answers, to meet people, get different perspectives. Um, the one thing I did speak at a college uh, a couple of years ago, and somebody asked, like, what's the best advice you get? I said, be smart with money. Mm. You know, yeah. like whatever that passion <laughs> point is today uh -huh. might not be the passion point tomorrow. And, mm -hmm. and if you want to, like a lot of the decisions that I made, you know, younger and coming up was because I needed the money. Right. That's <laughs> right. like. Oh, I took that job. Yeah, but I mean, it was I was lucky to get something that I liked, uh, and not always, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, but it was mainly because I needed the money. So if I had been better, you know, equipped financially, mm -hmm. it's like, well, I can buy myself some time to explore and go meet with people and do the research and take three weeks or a month or whatever to just like get my bearings straight. And yeah. every, so one experience always kind of just leads you to the next. Um, but again, heading out in that general direction, you know, my, uh, my path is very much a dovetail thing where it's like, I kind of left comedy and entertainment for a while and then innovation crush allowed me to be both of those things again. Yeah. Um, and combine those two worlds. And so now I have like a unique brand. I, I feel like it, um, in some ways where it's like bring entertainment value to, uh, uh, what could be a boring conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I love your podcast, man. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I first met with you, I told you I listened to the one with Rob Dyrdek. I'm a big mm -hmm. Rob Dyrdek fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I love your approach. In Yeah, I mean, it's entertaining. It's insightful. It's informative. And um, so on your podcast, do you have, uh, like, the people that you interview, uh, do you have a... Um, I guess kind of a, a, a category of people that you like to interview, or is it just anybody that you find interesting? Uh, I mean, there's some criteria, right? Uh, I just went through a situation where I'm going to an event uh, next this week, mm -hmm. and they were like, 
I had a, some time booked to just like if I have time to do an interview, I will. Yeah. But they just went and like filled it with people. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, um, because they like, because sometimes people's version of what they think is cool for you mm-hmm. is way off. Sure. Right. Like, sure. and it's not no disrespect <laughs> to them at all. It's like, you're almost, right? Like, almost. Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. should interview my boy. He makes watches. You're like, but well, and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and what and what and what else? Right, right, um, right. And so I look at people who are like di- just dynamic individuals. Yeah. Um. You know, I think most of us have meandering life paths. Sure. You know, uh, even your journey getting here to the, to the Kinjas was mm-hmm. like I might not dance anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, actually, I and now now look at you know what happened. Right, right. Um. So there's always this. Me- I mean, even our friend Daniel, right? A medical researcher. Mm-hmm. You know, like degree worked at USC. Right. Um. And now like it's amazing martial arts instructor. So yeah. um, you know, it's uh, it's just that giving yourself that, that yeah that space. I love it. Um, so we have this thing called golden rule. I mean, everybody has their golden rule, their their life mantra, the thing that you kind of live by. Would you say you have a golden rule, and what would that? Cash be? rules everything around me. Hey, Green. let's go Wu Tang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I, I, it goes back to that and change the way you look at things, and the things you look at will begin to change. I think it's been sort of just a, a you know, I read that in a book. Um, actually, it's Wayne Dyer who said it, and. Um, it just like it really spoke to me as a as a life operating system. Yeah, it's just like you know, every like especially if I I hit a pothole like emotionally, I'm like, all right, well, how can I look at this differently? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, and I think uh, the other kind of perspective I live by, Eckhart Tolle said that uh, he said at any given point in time you're two people you're the person having the experience and you're the person observing the person having the experience mm. right and so whether you're going through like a moment of elation or a moment of like feeling shitty it's it's like you can be the person like all right you know yay yeah. Yeah. or oh. mm-hmm. um but at the same time you're like okay you'll be okay right yeah. like yeah. um and i think it, it Keeps you grounded. It's a, it's more like a safety mechanism yeah. too, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Where, um, you know, it's like it's almost like if your friend was feeling down in the dumps, what advice would you give that person, mm-hmm. right? And I think you can, you get the opportunity to be that second person mm-hmm. in your own. A lot of times we give we give everybody good advice except ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, good. those two I think are. Well, dang, Chris, dude, I'm really looking forward to. Thanks for the book, man. Yeah. In the box, it's on Amazon, folks. Go get it. Um, I'm really looking forward to this because, I mean, this is something that I'm like really interested in in terms of um, because, you know, I'm in this space. You you touched on the whole am I still going to dance and all that. I mean, you know, I'm at an age now where I'm not 21 anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm no spring chicken. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what what the next uh, way to um, find that next thing for me is, you know, (laughs) ballroom. Yeah, I'm going to be ballroom, guys. Um, no, but like it's, it, I love it. Your approach on um, experimenting and um, interacting with people from all different walks to find out, and you're gonna you're gonna stumble onto things, right? And I think, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, like figuring out how, how to approach the the unknown, I guess, and and then uh, not put myself in my own box, right? So yeah, um, <clears throat> dude, I'm really looking forward to reading this. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, I mean, this is something very new for our listening audience. Like like I said, you know, we we have a bunch of people that are just into dance, but yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, this is something that we want to do in terms of building mindset and all that. So. Hmm. 
Yeah. Appreciate you, man. No, I, yeah. I, and thank you. Thanks for having me. No, I lo- I mean, even as I was thinking about dance meets innovation, uh, you know, kind of on the way over here, it is, you know, I think a lot of innovation happens in a space of clutter, mm-hmm. right? So there's a whole bunch of people doing the same things or one, looking at the same opportunities or goals and to, to start to begin to the exercise of um, discovering those unique vantage points and yeah. those unique things or maybe it's a movement you know um we'll talk a little, in a little while about yeah. like yeah. the science of we'll movement and like where can you yeah. you know where can you begin to innovate with even within a very populated space yeah so um and that's and hopefully this is a value to you sweet your folks. yeah totally is uh where can people follow your journey man plug all your your stuff uh you can go to the crush.co Everything's there. Um, Innovation Crush, most social media handles, or Densonology is my own. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, I think those are those are. It. Or you can stalk me. I drive a. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can go through my garbage. And see if, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I love it, dude. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate the talk, and uh, we're gonna shift gears to your show in a second. Yes, sir. Right? Hey, yeah. thanks for listening, y'all. Shing shing. Ginger Blind.